Dick. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. Another edition of uh, Dick's Picks here on this Monday night. Is this the special um, episode? Uh, yeah, it is. 25th <laughs> episode, folks. Finally made it. Supposed to have special guests on, but we're going to have to wait for another big show for that, I guess. Yeah, maybe the 50th. <laughs> but uh, 25 episodes. <laughs> Who ever thought we'd come this far? Yeah, it's been a good run so far, but a lot more to come. Uh, but we'll start off with your favorite segment, where Dick was wrong. Uh, actually, a very good weekend. Uh, college basketball had two games wrong. Was um, the Kansas game? Obviously, I kind of picked it because of the line, and uh, you know they just they're bad. Um, what, was, what was the other game you were wrong? And the other game was Sloppy Joe's Alabama, and we and we'll make this clear, folks, to start tonight. When we get to college basketball later on, Luke and I are just going to unleash on this team. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot to say, but for right now, you're just uh, wrong. That's all we'll say for I now. Just, I was just wrong about that pick, and it was it, it was bad. But uh, was right about the Super Bowl, even though I didn't want to be right. Uh, Tom Brady gets the seventh Super Bowl. Yeah, I was Bucks dominate. There. Yeah, the Bucks dominate the Chiefs. Uh, won some other games. Oak State. Upset game over Texas uh, at home. Texas, you know, way overrated, way highly ranked. But uh, pretty good week or weekend. Uh, see if it carries over to this week. Consistency's been the uh, struggle here. Creighton had a horseshoe. Yeah, they got a they got a key win on the road. Horseshoe win. But uh, we'll start off with what we saw last night. Uh, pretty poor Super Bowl. I mean, all the way around, not not very interesting. I, I said from the get-go I wasn't really interested in the game. Uh, of course, I watched it and everything, but uh, it, it wasn't great. But what's your main takeaways from what you saw last night? Yeah, it was funny. I, I texted you midway through the third quarter. I said, man, Dickinson, you were right. This game this game was uninteresting, and it's a tired watch. But I, don't, I think the biggest takeaway is just – I think it's just – the fact that football, it's still, you can have all the weapons you want, but if you can't win up front, you're not going to win games. And that was kind of evident. Uh, Chiefs missing their alignment, and uh, the the Bucks only had to blitz five times. They're making a big deal about that. Well, shit, you don't have to blitz when you're making the dude run for his life, rushing four. I mean, he was running all over the place and just had never had time. Was have to make unbelievable plays, and then when he did make an unbelievable play, the receiver just drop it. So just just an all around bad night for the Chiefs. But but the Bucks defense did play well, given that, and obviously. The offense played well, uh, threatened threatened uh, Kansas City's defense. They couldn't stop a nosebleed. So, so yeah, it's just just the, the stars were aligned and just everything everything matched up right for for the Bucks to dominate. Yeah, I mean they said they had thirty five pressures uh, on Mahomes. They really weren't even blitzing. I mean I think that's a record in the Super Bowl. So uh, they're getting constant pressure. He really didn't have a chance. I think they should have ran the ball a little bit more earlier in the game. They had a little bit of success. I mean, they're giving you that. Uh, they're, you know, taking away the deep plays, too high safety look. Uh, not a lot of blitzing. Just, you know, that front four is great. And uh, Todd Bowles has put the game in their hands, win those one-on-one matchups, and they did every time. Um, on the other side, I mean, this Kansas City defense, I think, was pretty average really the last two, three seasons. Uh, I think they were exposed a little bit. Fortnette had a big game. Uh, Brady obviously did his thing. Uh, but, you know, they're going to have to add some pieces to this defense because 
that that cap hit with Mahomes going up, and you know this line, you know some injuries and stuff. Uh, they definitely showed some weakness, and they're uh, not invincible as many thought they w- uh, were. Yeah, you're talking about running the ball. I mean, you you can only run the ball so much that once you're down two three scores in the second half, it's kind of kind of hard kind of hard to run the ball. So then it makes it even more predictable. And then the Bucks just pinned their ears back and just went right after Mahomes, and he was he was feeling it all night long. I felt bad for the poor guy. Yeah, and you can always tell people say this, you know, within the first two, three series, who's going to win that game. And I just, you know, I was a, had a feeling Tampa Bay was going to win that game. Just Kansas City didn't have that same energy. I feel like Mahomes did come to play. I mean, his his stat line wouldn't tell you that, but he he gave a great effort. But the rest of the squad, it, I don't know, it just didn't seem like they wanted it as bad as Tampa Bay did. Yeah, anytime uh, I saw these, these advanced metric stats, he ran for dang near 500 yards on passes, attempts on scrambling before he would throw it away or before he threw it uh, for a complete. So anytime you have to run 500 yards before you even throw the ball, I bet you Brady ran for 10 yards before he threw the ball. So it's just anytime you got to do that, it's just it's just all uphill from there. And I will make this point. I mean, Tampa Bay definitely dominated the game, but in the first half, questionable calls yeah. uh, against Kansas City, the pass interference calls, especially the one that was intercepted by Matthew. That would have been a game changer. Uh, actually, the defense stepped up there a few times down in there. You know, they get the goal line stand. I think it was the next series. They had that pick called back. Um, and you, you can't be offside, though, on a on a field goal. Uh, leads to a first down. And, you know, it's a 10-point. I mean, it's a huge swing in the game. So, I mean, the penalties cost them. They Some of them were self-inflicted wounds. But some of them were, were bad calls. But it's not a surprise. Because uh, number 12 has a horseshoe up his ass his whole career. And I've stated this numerous times that he's great. I'm not taking anything away from the guy. But that he gets more breaks. And that horseshoe just keeps uh, bailing him out whenever he needs it. Yeah, that's what I said. He's got, he's got the horseshoe. But, I mean, he's in position for the horseshoe to, to bail him out. You know what I mean? He's, he's putting himself in that to give him the chance, I should say. And uh, yeah, just, just what you're saying about the refs. Did the refs? The refs changed the outcome of the game. No, I think it was so uh, dominated by the Bucs. I don't think the refs could have made a difference. But, it, I mean, you really can't say because they really – the Chiefs really could have went into halftime instead of being down 15. It realistically could have been one possession game or even maybe even tied. It's hard to say. So, because uh, that was kind of a 14-point swing there at the end. So, I mean, it was really hard to say how that second half would turn out. But I just – I think they sent it right in the – Super Bowl guys, the refs were just too involved in the game. I mean, I mean, when you're watching Super Bowl, you want to watch the players. You don't want to see flags left and right and the referees stopping for this and that for ticky tack fouls. I mean, let the guys play. Uh, I mean, you're they're not much as you think. People aren't there to watch you. Just kind of do your job. And uh, if if the refs aren't if the refs nobody talks about the refs, that's a good thing for them. They don't want to be talked about. They were talked about, so that's never good. Yeah, and. You know, especially the way they called um, the games all postseason long. I mean, it was zero penalties until the end of that Green Bay game, which was a penalty. There was a few other ones they missed in that one. Um, but looking back at it, it looks like Green Bay, Tampa Bay was almost the Super Bowls, one of the better games of the playoffs. And really, they gave them a better game than uh, KC did, obviously, last night. Yeah, I just think – I mean, obviously, we they played before and it was – Chiefs went up 17, 17 nothing early. Tyree Kill had like the most yards in a quarter ever. And then kind of ever since that, 
the last seven quarters, the Bucks just dominated. So they, they kind of found something late in that in the second half of that first game, and they, they kind of rode that in this game, and uh, it definitely showed. Yeah, and I mean, I look at this team moving forward. Um, I don't think he's not done playing, yeah, obviously. He's, he's I mean, coming back. Yeah, he'll be playing for at least another two years. You said 45 years back, and no one really believed him, but he's right there now. And uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets an eight Super Bowl and appears next year. I mean, this roster's loaded. They have a lot of young, cheap talent. Uh, they're going to possibly lose a few free agents. they got some big decisions in the offseason, but every team does. Um, but they're set up pretty nice. The division looks uh, softer than – it would have been two, you know, a year or two ago. Yeah, the Saints would probably be down, and the Falcons and Panthers still haven't quite come on the rise yet. So I'd say, yeah, it's probably the Bucks lose. They do have some key them guys. They had signed a one-year deals. A playoff Lenny had a heck of a game. He's he's free agent. I think he's going on a one-year deal. Chris Godwin's a free agent. Uh, Tony Brown's a free agent. I believe Bronx a free agent. So they got a lot of Brady's weapons. They got they got to sign back. So uh, so that, their off season it'll be busy. So. But I do, they got a lot of nice young guys on defense, and that's that's really the key. So, so yeah, I really do think this Bucks team, as long as Brady continues playing at that level, and there's no reason to believe he won't continue playing at that level, why they can't can't be back in this game next year. Yeah, I mean it's really unreal. Seven Super Bowls, ten appearances, and he could have won ten Super Bowls. He very realistically, I mean, there's two, three plays uh, that were miracle type plays, especially the uh, Giant Super Bowls. Eagles had a few uh, plays up Very their sleeve special. in that one, uh, or else he could be ten and zero in these Super Bowls. It's it's really amazing. Um, like I said, I, I've seen enough of it. I'd, I'd like to see someone else get a chance to win one, but you know we're all you know we're witnessing probably the best competitor in sports ever. Uh, there, there's nobody that prepares like him that, that works like him. Wins like him. Uh, yeah, and I think he still has that chip on his shoulder that he's always had since, you know, being the sixth-round draft pick. And I think now it was more of a little bit newer motivation. He wanted to prove that he could win a Super Bowl without Belichick, and he he sure as hell did that. And it seemed like he wanted to stick it to him, too, throwing it to Gronk all night. <laughs> yeah, that was – A.B., New England. Gronk had done much um, all year, and all of a sudden he's catching touchdown after touchdown. Yeah, and Shrimp Bayless, who I absolutely <laughs> can't stand <laughs> – um, but it's one guy you never bet against in sports. It's, yeah. it's Tom Brady. And the one thing I do like about him, though, is, you know, Tyron Matthew running his mouth a little bit, and he's done this to numerous guys in the past. He'll go right <laughs> at that guy and beat him for a touchdown. He'll chirp right back at him, and, you know, he'll get you, and it's never um, the right thing to do. Um Come at the king, you best not miss. And uh, he, he's the king. But uh, it's really remarkable what he's done. Um, I, I would like to see it be over, but kind of is what it is. And he uh, he just works harder than, than most guys, I, I believe. Yeah, I think going off the kind of the, the goat and being the best, it's just I think if a lot of people were saying Pat Mahomes, he's going to be the next up and come and give him a shot. I think if Pat Mahomes wanted to – one of the chance to overtake Tom Brady ever. I think last night he had to beat him, and now I think seven to one. It's almost insurmountable. Six two, you can see that. But seven to one, wow, that's that's a lot to overcome. I don't know if anybody will ever come close to that, honestly. 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, everyone always talks about a lot of talent and and Rodgers and this guy and that guy, arm talent, and obviously Brady has some of his own, but I think it's the intangibles that really sets him apart from most, his leadership, uh, the way he he's able to elevate the guys around him. Uh, like I said, his work ethic, his heart, passion. Yeah, I think that's really what sets him apart from the other quarterbacks. I mean, everybody has talent, but he, he does both very well. Yeah, you were saying never pick against Brady. Who did I pick in their first game? I picked the Saints. Second round, I said, they say don't pick against Brady. I'm picking against him. I picked the Packers. Third round, you think I finally learned my lesson. I said, no, I'm still picking against him. I'm picking the Chiefs. And I, 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 just, yeah. I just kept picking against him, and I was like, then I'm, now I'm sitting here like, man, how stupid could I be? I mean, how, how do you pick against Tom Brady? He's, he's the ultimate winner. Yeah, it's, it's hard to go against him. But like I said, moving forward, this team looks like a Super Bowl favorite uh, for next year. And, you know, Kansas City, obviously. Um, but like I said, I think they have some needs to address too. And they don't look as invincible in that AFC. Um, but take those two teams Ooh. out for now. Uh, obviously, we have a long offseason and free agency, draft, different things. But who are two teams from – one from each side that you're looking at that could make a uh, Super Bowl run next year? Uh, in the in the NFC, I kind of – it's a little bit similar situation. I kind of like the old veteran going out to L.A., Matthew Stafford. I, I think the Rams can really make a deep run next year with that defense they got. And uh, Stafford's going to make them better. He's way better in golf. He sucks. And, uh, the Cam Akers and the run game, that O-line. Uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and they might have to get another receiver to step up. But uh, I like I like the Rams out of the NFC as a, as, a, as a team that could make a deep run. Yeah, I could I agree with them, but I'll go different team uh, just for oh, the sake of this. I should have picked my boy Kyler Murray. I forgot, but now I'm going to stick with the Rams. Just for the sake uh. of the question, but. I'm going to go in the same division, but I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. I think this team's going to bounce back. Obviously, they have a big decision to make a quarterback, what they're going to do. There's different rumors out there, what quarterbacks are looking at. Um, but the roster is really good. I mean, they, even this year, they, I think they went 5-11, 6-10, and their point differential still wasn't, you know, huge. And they had so many injuries. Um, I'd argue they have as good a roster as anybody in the league. I mean, they got good running backs. Um, they even added Ayuk this year to the receiving core. Devo Samuel's out all year. Kittle's, you know, top two, three tight end in the league. He was hurt. And then defensively, defensively, I think the biggest injury all year long out of anybody that was hurt in the NFL, I think Nick Bosa. He makes a huge impact. The dude just a freak. Um, I, I think he might be the best end in football. That's just my opinion. When he's healthy, um, he makes a huge impact on the game. And Fred Warner, you know, he's probably the best – best linebacker in football and Sherman can still play. He was, he's older obviously and he had injuries, but um, really this well team has. Yeah, he, he did. Uh, yeah. Oh, but uh, I mean, this team is good and they're, they're well run. John Lynch hall of fame now. Um, and Kyle Shanahan as head coach. Uh, he just can't get it done in super bowls. He'll blow that That's for it. you, but he'll get you to the super bowl. Uh, the division's tough though. Like you said, the Rams are in there. Um, Seattle still, you know, a threat with uh, Russell Wilson and, and Arizona is even a uh, solid possible playoff yeah, contending yeah, yeah. team. I think they're pretending. Kyler will get a Super Bowl. You just wait. Uh, I think he gets zero. <laughs> We've had this discussion before, but he'll get one. 
Yeah. But flipping over to the AFC, the team that I think is going to make a You're Super Bowl run line, that, you I'm know, it's, take it. uh, I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Jonathan Taylor really come on at the end of the year, you know, best O line in football. Get they the got some playing quarterback, you know, pretty solid. I'm, yeah, I'm getting into that. He's not the quarterback. Solid defenders. Um, you know, if they're able to get a quarterback in, which they're going to, um, they can rely on that run game. And, you know, they match up pretty well with a lot of these AFC teams that, you know, like Kansas City and whatnot. And the division is easy. I mean, Houston's in shambles, Jacksonville's rebuilding. Um, and Tennessee, I think, kind of hit a ceiling now. So, I like the Indianapolis Colts as a longer shot team that possibly represent the AFC next year in the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't think my pick's super long shot, I would say. It's just they were in the AFC Championship this year. I, I, I like the Buffalo Bills next year. Uh, Josh Allen continue to have a big leap from what he had this year to next year. If he has that same leap, look out. But if he just has improved a little bit, uh, as long as they, they need a run game, Zach Moss coming back will help. And, uh, Stephon Diggs, expect another big year out of him, and this defense will continue to improve. I, I think this Bills team is, uh, especially when you get fans in that Bills mafia, that will be tough to contend with. Yeah, I mean, you look at that division too. I mean, they're definitely clear-cut favorite. Jets are rebuilding. New England's just kind of meh, boring his team in the NFL. Probably the Dolphins being. Yeah, I think they overachieved a little bit. I think it could go either way for them. There could be a team on the rise. They continue that traje- trajectory that they're on. Or uh, they could possibly fall off. And, you know, this year was kind of a little bit of a, a fraud and overachieved a little bit. So, I think it depends what they do at the quarterback position. You know, they're talking about maybe drafting a guy or rolling with Tua. Yeah, or trading for Watson or rolling with an, uh, Tua for another year. That will be the key for them. But uh, I like what Flores has done down there. But to your point, uh, Buffalo is a clear-cut favorite, definitely in the uh, AFC East, and you know they got to make a couple moves. I don't know what their cap situation's like, but um, it will be interesting to see. The cap will be coming out soon. Teams can really judge uh, who they want returning and whatnot. Free agency. Yeah, and, uh, just to throw it out there, the ultimate dark horses team. Uh, I think can really make a run, challenge, challenge the Packers for the division, and maybe make a Super Bowl. Uh, Chicago Bears. My God, Mr. Bisky, did you see? Did you see today the odds of the coaches being fired, and he's second on the list Is for next he's year? First, uh, Vic Fangio, and Zimmer's third. Zimmer should be top tier. Zimmer, they start off bad. He's think? gonna be gone. Yep. Where's Mike Tomlin out of the list? He was number ten. Not as high as I thought. No, I mean, they still made the playoffs and everything, but that Zoe collapse at the end of the year was awful. Speaking of Zoe collapse, are we going to transition? Yes, we are. We're going to transition to college basketball, and we're going to transition to the game that happened Saturday, the Alabama Crimson Tide at Missouri. I'll say this, though, to start. Missouri played pretty well, especially the first, you know, 30 minutes of this game. It was – Unbelievable what I was watching from Alabama. Um, and the last, you know, five, six minutes of the game, I was shocked. I was like, you're going to be fucking kidding me that, you know, they had a chance to win this game and get the lead. 
and how bad Missouri choked and was collapsing. It was one of the weirdest games I ever watched. But those first 30 minutes by Alabama, horrible, absolutely horrible. But what's even worse is the people on ESPN blowing them left and right. It's ridiculous. And that Lenardi coming on before the game had the audacity to tell America that this team could be a number one seed. Get the fuck off my TV. I don't want to see him ever, ever again on my TV after that because this team is not a number one seed. This sloppy Joe offense bullshit, tossing around, throwing off the backboard, missing bunnies, um, can't rebound to save a, do anything. Um, and then, you know, defensively, they, they seem to lock in when they want to. That coach on the sidelines, Mickey Mouse here, fuck. In uh, the Mickey Mouse schedule, that's why they're 10-0 and 0 or whatever, even position to be a number one seed. But I don't want to hear from these analysts that they're a Final Four contender anymore, national championship team. They'll be lucky to get out of the first round. I, I don't want to hear it again. I'm not picking them, you know, picking their games, nothing. It's, it was terrible. And this John Petty, <laughs> I, I want to talk Petty. about him too. Because these last two games – you know, the, the Keller analyst, Jimmy Dykes, uh, this past Saturday and the week before, Dan Dawkins, they love this guy. All-conference player, 40% from three. All I just don't see it. Awful. Poor shot selection, missing layups, getting beat around the, you know, by his guy, you know, on defense, ring around the rosy in a big circle all day. Um, poor passes. It's just awful. But this team is fraudulent. Uh, sloppy Joe's. That's all I got to say. That, that's enough for me yeah, for now. I couldn't believe watching it. I flipped it on. It's just bad watch. They just look so bad. They couldn't do anything on offense. Just as you said, turn it over left and right, giving run out shots. They did it. They'd chuck up a three and miss it, and it'd be a long rebound, and it'd be a run out for Missouri. It just it seemed like Alabama was playing so bad. You're like, how aren't they down 30? It just, it was just. Missouri just kind of let them hang around. They, I mean, they weren't even hanging around. They were down 20, but it just seemed like, man, this could be worse. I was like, well, I was I was really fired up watching the game. It was just – it was a tough, tough watch. Just If you were rooting for Alabama, I feel sorry. And, uh, and then I left, turned the game off, and you text me and say, hell, they got a chance to win. I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. There's no way in hell they got a chance to win it. And then that – then they just give you that little glimmer of hope. That's what Alabama does. They give you that little glimmer of hope. Make you think think there's something, and then what they do? They go down and blow blow a wide open layup and lose a game, and then your hope's gone and they lost. So I just wish they would have lost by forty to begin with. That way, I didn't even have a little bit of hope. Just terrible. And two consecutive layups blown by the guy that I've heard is a top five player and NBA prospect in Herb Jones, and I haven't seen him make plays. But the thing that really pissed me off about that game, especially early on, was, was the effort. Getting beat on the boards, uh, out-hustled, these fast-break transitions, no one even hey, hustling, hey, wide-open hey, dunks, yeah. late D. It was a, it was a noon, noon tip. <laughs> oh, God, I want to hear that, too. And here's the other thing. Though. I didn't want, you know, these announcers made all the excuses in the world. Give Missouri some credit. They played some good basketball for the first 30 minutes, but these excuses – Oh, the ball ain't bouncing their it's way. Early. It's you know, they're not good. It's early on the road. You know, they don't play well in these early noon games. Wake the fuck that's up. On, How about that? If you can't get out, that's on the coach. You got to get those boys ready to play no matter what time of day it is. I don't care if it's 6 a.m. 
Feed him some oatmeal, oats. Get him ready to go. But it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, they play again in, or they play in the tournament, guys, you know, or, or, you know, folks in the first round. And it's an early game. They could they could lose because they don't win these games. They come out flat. Uh, but the effort, like I said, was just god awful. Um, and I thought Missouri was fraudulent. They, they might. I think they both teams stink. And the SEC is entirely fraudulent. I don't believe in one team uh, moving forward. But you know, Alabama was fraudulent, not Missouri in that one. They at least uh, play with effort. Yeah, Missouri, they squeaked in the top ten in the poll I saw today. Yeah, they deserve it. Um, that one guy, I think, it was Drew Smith or their brothers or whatever. They they had a good game. The, the guards they're making a lot of shots from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you gotta give Missouri credit, but I think, I mean, they had, they didn't play well, and they still would blow them out. And they kind of showed their late Alabama actually decided, hey, let's wake up, and then they gave themselves a chance and just to, just to, kiss it away. See, but I think you hit on the point of why people like this team. Because I was gonna ask you why, why are people so obsessed with this team and thinking they make it run, but. I think it's the flashes people see because they do have flashes of they greatness. Give you, they give you they make hope. big runs and they, yeah, and they can get hot from three and you know, you know their defense. I think is actually pretty good. I, I'll say that I think they're better on defense than they are offensively because they're just so wild and sloppy. Joe's offense they don't even really call plays yeah, or anything. But I mean, I guess they show flashes, but I, I don't see it. Defense forcing missed shots and getting out. And running and finding guys and open threes or making runs to the bucket in transition. That's when that's when Alabama really looks good. Yeah, and I mean Nate Oates. The reason why he has this job, he was at Buffalo and did a very nice job there. Upset Sean Miller in the yeah. tournament uh, when they had DeAndre Aiden, who he paid, and all these guys. That was a, a great tournament victory. I was actually very mad at the time because I thought that Arizona a team was going to make a deep run. The so. And they lost first round. Yeah, so Nate Oates. Nate Oates is good to screw us left and Oates. right. Yeah, he does. Um, but the other games um, was Oak State gets a big win at home against Texas. Uh, Creighton, they get oh, a, a key road win. At Marquette. Then they play Georgetown again. At Georgetown uh, Wednesday night, uh, I think they're going to get them back and, and pay them back, and then they're going to get a huge victory at home, huge showdown yeah, against that, Villanova that, uh, this Saturday. Podcast for sure. But uh, and we also there's another. And we also had uh, Illinois beating Wisconsin, and, and this Wisconsin team is not Illinois, very good. Illinois looked well, and uh, and we continue to say it. This is still the worst Kansas team. Uh, Bill Self's ever had. They got they got beat pretty bad by West Virginia. I mean, Grant West Virginia is pretty good, but uh, they usually have pretty good success against West Virginia, even on the road. Uh, West Virginia struggles with Kansas, and they had no problems on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, they look pretty good. McBride and uh, Culver, um, and obviously Illinois look very good too. I think they're a dangerous team come March with the Sumu um, and Coburn, the big man. He's like Shaq in there. Uh, he's tough to, you know, defend, and just them two alone are, are going to make them the yeah, dangerous really team. Yeah, impressed me this week. Got a big win against Wisconsin. Then the game we talked about, a uh, gritty win on the road against uh, Indiana when uh, 
guys were fouling out. They had to take it to overtime and able to steal a win from Indiana. So that's that's a really big week for them. Something something the Hawkeyes weren't able to do this week. That's that's a whole other story. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what do you uh, think of the Iowa Hawkeyes? They obviously lose to your oh, Ohio State on Thursday at um, home. Yeah, we talked. And then about that yesterday, and they lose yesterday though at yeah, Indiana. Yeah, that's a bad that, loss. That Coming off a of loss at home, it's a good Ohio State team, but a loss at home, you got to go into Indiana and you got to show up and win. And what's this team do? They come out, they show up, they get up like fifteen early, seven or something like that. They collapse. Lose the lead at halftime, come out and make another run, collapse, and lose the game. I mean, that's just that's just not the recipe for a good team. And I don't I don't think this is a good team. A, they can't guard anybody, and B, they just they just they live and die by the three. And if they're not hitting, they're they're done. And they and when they weren't hitting the three, what they do they force fed it to Luca Garza, who was getting absolutely triple teams, and he still tried chucking shots up. And he was just throwing them off the backboard, and uh, they just. Indiana had the recipe to beat him, I guess. I don't know. They just he was just forcing it to Garza and he was he was not not playing up to his wooden wooden uh, award winner potential. I don't he's believe he to, is one. Uh after walking He don't deserve it. These last few games. I think it Yeah, I man, I think it's more because of how much touches he gets, but I mean he really is Humpty Dumpty. Uh, uh, his vertical. Yeah, pimping we around wobble, on the floor, but fall down. anyway. Terrible. Anyway, like you said, I mean, they can't they can't guard anybody, um, and they they have no athletes, no one that can get above the rim. That's a really a shot blocker. I mean, he gets blocks, but it's just because he's so just his body and just Humpty yeah. Dumpty in the way. But um, I don't really like this team. I I said it, you know, last podcast. I I don't really see this team doing much. Where did they fall to in the rankings? It had to have been uh, a lot lower. I'd say it's 17 or something like that. Man, it should be about oh, 23. Something like that. But you know, we're going to go into some more games tonight. 15. There's only uh, 15. Really not much action going on. There's a big game tonight. What are wow. you talking about? That's surprising. <laughs> yeah, there's one good game tonight. And it's um, Ohio State it's, at Maryland. A tough game. I mean, any game on the road we talked about is tough. And uh, I'm, I don't know how big an underdog Maryland is, but if they're a slight underdog at home, it's it's, it's upset potential. But I think, I don't know, the Buckeyes, they climbed all the way up to four. I like for them to uh, not overlook this Maryland team and come out with a big win after uh, coming out with a win on the road against Iowa, kind of continue that and continue to play well. They, they do. They That's win the on the thing. road, they though. They've, you know, before they beat a, a good Iowa team on the road, beat a good Illinois team on the road, beat an okay Wisconsin team on the road, and uh, one I'm forgetting. I think it's four top uh, ten four teams. teams. I don't know about top ten. I can't think of the other one. It's somebody in the Big Ten. Yeah. Rutgers. I know they have more Rutgers. top twenty-five wins than beat Rutgers. Yeah. But I think they've won top twenty-five wins than anybody. And the losses against the Purdue game that they should have won. Yeah, but uh, this is definitely a trap game, though. I think it's Maryland's a three-point underdog. It's slight home underdog's mm-hmm. been working out recently. Um, 
I'm not going to call an upset in this one, but I would not be shocked. Yeah, I, honestly, I would be shocked either. But I, I think Iowa State's going to win because Maryland needs this game. They're you know working their way back into the bubble. This would be a huge win to their tournament resume. This is part of their game of the year, so they're going to get their best shot. Um, you know, Ohio State from Maryland, they're going to give their best shot, but that'll be an interesting game to watch. But tomorrow night. Uh, two games I want to talk about is WVU at Texas Tech. Uh, who do you think uh, wins that I think, one? I think Texas Tech's going to be too much at home. Uh, WVU coming off a win against Kansas. They're kind of – it's hard to go, uh, especially travel-wise. But that's a long trip to make on a Tuesday night to go into Lubbock. So, and this, this uh, Texas Tech team's been playing pretty well. So, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Red Raiders in a close one, a close one, high scoring. I will as well, but, you know, you ever notice it seems like every team after they play Kansas, they get beat the next game. Who? Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee did it. I mean, once they beat Kansas, it's like, you know, everyone's all high on them, and then the next well, game Baylor, the team Baylor loses. I think they're on a code. Well, Baylor's something else, but I'm. they are, and they're supposed to play Oklahoma, which has been a great game, and obviously Illinois – Michigan was Thursday night, so a lot of good games being postponed for this week. So not as many marquee matchups as, as normal. But I'm going to go with Texas Tech uh, in that one at home. But then the other team, the other game I want to hit on is uh, our team, Sloppy Joe's Alabama at South Carolina. They're coming off a, a win, upset win against Florida on the road. Uh, this could have upset potential again on the road, but it is a night game. And do you think ESPN will refund you? From watching that game Saturday and telling you all that dis- they you know, should, misinformation they that they, they told us, but uh, Alabama's got to win this game, don't they? Oh, they have to. I mean, they, South Carolina's five and seven on the year. They lost that on Saturday, I and mean, you can't. I mean, if they get on a skid like this, they hell one seed. They might not even be a two or three seed. I think I think Alabama. I think they. I yeah. hope they realize they got to win this game. They're gonna come out. Come out with a little bit more energy than they did on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Dykes was talking about that on Saturday towards the end of the broadcast. Um, this is an experienced veteran team, and it, how are they going to respond to, you know, the adversity of, you know, losing, you know, really back-to-back Saturday games on the road where they come out flat. They did at least compete, make it a close game against Missouri, but I think they got to respond big here. I, I can't even, you know – I don't even want to pick a side in this game, though. I don't even want to say it because they're just – Pick one. It's just bad to watch. Um, I guess Alabama because they need the win and they they have flashes of uh, of good play, but also just, just terrible. So, I don't know. We'll be yeah, watching We'll be watching a lot more college basketball now that uh... – that's about the only thing on we cover anymore. No more football's done till August. It's hard to believe, isn't it? It is. And you know, there's two other games during the week. Like I said, a lot of these were canceled or, or else would be a lot, you know, better games to talk about. But Wednesday, Rutgers against Iowa, who we already spoke of. Do you think they finally get a win at home against Rutgers? Yeah. But they're I mean, hot as well. I hate picking Iowa. I hate the team. I I don't I don't know why I ever pick them because I don't like to root for them. I freaking hate them. They're terrible and just just arrogant and just their coach is a dickhead. So, so I'm picking Rutgers. I don't care. I hate I hate Iowa. 
Yeah, and Rutgers playing good ball right now. I think four or five wins in a row. They've kind of righted the ship there. They started out hot, ranked, and then they kind of, you know, faltered under expectations a little bit. But now they're, you know, back in the in the middle of the Big Ten race and playing good basketball. But I agree. I mean, it's almost impossible to pick this Iowa team right now the way they play. And if you can't guard anybody, it's hard to beat anybody. So, uh, you know, I'm not a you huge fan of this team. Uh, and then Thursday night, Completely I believe I am, team. yes. But uh, that that's one thing you'll say about not <laughs> Thursday guys. night. I, I do think Ohio State needs to show uh, show some of the defensive end of the ball today. They haven't they haven't done that recently. This would be a big game to uh, clamp down on defense and really shut down Maryland. Yeah, they got you know a few weeks to lower that defensive ranking, but you know to get that defense gelled and hot at the right time. Heading to March is a great time. They're looking and opportunity. Yep, a great opportunity to do so. On uh, Thursday night, again, not many games. You know, one ranked game is Purdue at Minnesota. And Minnesota's really just on a big slide. They, they always do this, though, under Richard Pitino. They're at home, though. They, they play well at home. I think they're going to – they play Nebraska tonight at home. I think they'll, they'll win these next two games at home because they need it bad, you know, before they start sliding into the I, bubble I range. They are in the bubble range. I think they're at nine seed right now, well, according to uh, Lenardi, who <laughs> he should refund us. Uh, since you want to pick Minnesota, give me give me the Boilermakers. They looked really good. The game I the one game I've watched against the Buckeyes uh, had a big comeback against them. They looked pretty well. I believe they're ranked in the top twenty five. So, so give me Purdue with a big win on the road. Yeah, I mean that's really all the games that we have for you know the middle of the week here. We're obviously have our predictions later in the week for the weekend games. It should be a little bit better. Um, but one team I do want to speak about that I watched Saturday night a little bit in the irrelevant we conference, which we haven't discussed in a while, but I think the one – Yep, but the one team I think that can make a deep tournament run out of that conference, the other team stink, is USC. I, I like what I saw yeah, on I, Saturday night I, from I that team. I can't tell you anything about them because I didn't, I didn't watch anything from the irrelevant conference, so I – USC, I haven't seen them play this year. I did see they had a big get, big win against USC, but or UCLA, I mean. But how good's UCLA? You really, really don't know. Yeah, they got Evan Mobley. He's gonna be a top five pick. They have, you know, size. They're experienced. Uh, they always recruit well, but they kind of underachieve a lot. But uh, I like this team, and that's yeah. all we're gonna talk about. For the only reason you watch those games, listen to Bill Walton, be a dumbass. Conference of champions. Yep, and light stuff on fire. Does USC still have that coach from Florida Gulf Coast? That they do. That deep turner run, they got that job. You recruit. But not, nothing special. Oh, every year at USC, they're a typical eight seed, eight, nine game every year, and they'll either lose or they'll play in that play-in game in yeah. Dayton and lose that one. That's been USC the last – Four or five years under his, yeah, he's been there. Probably still has the job. That's why I asked. Don't think I got rid of him. But we will be watching that Alabama game, and it's a Mickey Mouse schedule again against the yeah, South Carolina team. I, I don't stinks. know if I'll be watching after that. I was uh, 
talking to you. That's some of the most fired up I've ever seen us watching a college basketball game. We don't even like Alabama. We don't even like us on even our team. It was very – they're a very hard watch, frustrating team. Um, that's really all, gonna, all I got to say they about that team. Maybe, they're out um, uh, not a noon p.m. tip-off uh, like they do in night games. Yeah, we'll see how they do. Um, but that's really a wrap on tonight's show. Um, I'm Season of Seif. That's Dick Menjian. <laughs> for listening and uh good night